0: Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast. These are the public episodes, but do you want to hear more? Become an insider for access to extended guest conversations, follow-up episodes with your questions, and other deep dives. Visit moversmindset.com slash insiders. Thanks for listening. Hello, I'm Greg Constantine. Hi, I'm Martin Kelliser. Martin Kelso is the head coach and program director for parkour at Gurlev Sports Academy. He initiated the first informal gathering for parkour in Denmark in 2004. He is a founding partner in Street Movement, which he now runs with Julius Jarno and Miguel Ruger. Welcome, Martin. Thank you, Craig. Martin, can you tell me uh, what drew you to parkour? Like what brought you into this part of your life?
1: Yeah. When I discovered <clears throat> parkour, I was studying in the university. I was studying sports at uh, the Southern University in Odense, which is a city in the middle of Denmark. I was uh, doing all sorts of sports. You have to do that uh, when you're studying sports so to learn how to introduce on -hmm. a basic level in the Danish school system. Um, And our gymnastics coach, um, we went through all the basic Danish gymnastics and all that, but we also had some weeks where we were to create something um Hmm. that related to gymnastics or we felt was an area where gymnastics could benefit and we did actually at that time a a combination of stunts because that was one of my interests Mm -hmm. and parkour you can hear that i was in a group where i was allowed to decide some things (laughs) right So, so pin that on the map
0: when was that that you were
1: this was in 2002 okay yeah and um I was uh, studying, maybe it was 2003 actually. Yeah, so I was studying and um, when we tried to use parkour, everybody around us kind of also immediately saw that this was a big potential for kind of agility sports, if Mm -hmm. you could call it that. Gymnastic as I see it is a, a sport that makes people more aware of their place in space when they move. It's a great tool to have people fall better for mm-hmm. example and safer i mean by that and also to express themselves and all that like uh, managing how to land on things uh, without getting hurt and so on so basically agility for humans where normally when Danes hear the word agility you think it's training dogs right. <laughs> so that's <laughs> right. why i say human agility right. human yeah. agility right yeah. and um so i realized Uh, working with this as a student that this had a huge potential so i started training it and i started looking for other people training it and this was before facebook before anything so it was difficult to find people with the same interest um i even thought it was called park hour uh, for a little bit, for right. a few hours, <laughs> for a few hours before I found the second reference, yeah. right?
0: Uh, okay. Yeah, but he, there's no Wikipedia. There's no. You don't just mm. look it up on Google. You have yeah. to just physically go around looking for people who seem yeah. to be doing the same thing you are. Yeah. That 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 strikes me as very forward thinking of you to mm. be aware. Um, that all seems obvious today, but to have to have picked up on that thread at the first time that you mm. brushed up against it. Where did you first see it? Like, how did you? You know, how did you get the wrong word for it in the first place? Like, where did you first touch it?
1: Yeah. yeah so, I was just browsing around because I saw a video. It was probably one of the English uh, documentaries. Yeah, it was that around time that time, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I started looking more and I started searching for origin, where did it come from? Mm-hmm. And I realized it was French. So, I just combined search words and right. phrases and figured out that there was somebody called the Yamakasi mm-hmm. and there was uh, a separate guy called. Uh, Sebastian Foucault and there was a, a third guy called David Bell and they all had to do with it so I watched all these little video in really bad format right. really <laughs> bad uh, quality <laughs> in uh, small windows and it was difficult to see if what they did was really difficult because they moved so well yes. so it was difficult to understand if it was big jumps oh yeah the a distance. subtlety right yes and so I just I just started trying in a mm. in gym and outside and I, at the same time I when I was by the computer I looked for other people on international websites mm-hmm. uh, on forums if you remember mm-hmm. the time of the I forums. Do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and then I I just invited people to come to my city because I had this access card to mm-hmm. the university gym let's let's try to figure out what this is and how can we learn some basics right uh, we thought a wall flip was something basic, for example, for example, <laughs> let's start there. Right, <laughs> let's start there. Um, yeah, and I just realized that as a future teacher, this could be a really, really strong tool because it was so appealing to me and I th- and those I trained with. So it would be something that could take over for gymnastics, where gymnastics struggled to attract, uh, especially young boys, to capture the youth, mm-hmm. right, their imagination, yeah. um, and have. Actually, some of the same thoughts as gymnastics uh, had in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Gymnastics in Denmark, in my opinion, had moved a bit away from those original ideas and used now tools that are, trampolines that are way too powerful for people who are not trained for it mm-hmm. and so on and so on. So I thought that this was returning to something simple yet really exciting because we I- immediately realized that we every time we started training, We were discovering new grounds and new movements and new connections and new friends and everything was really interesting building on itself from there there.
0: it's a long way from you know your first beginnings of doing parkour Mm -hmm. to being the director of the parkour Mm -hmm. program at girl a long way um, not that far geographically but it's Mm -hmm. a long way in space and time um how did you you want to like try and give me a little arc of how that works or do you want to sketch that out yes so in
1: 2004, when we started meeting up and training together, I realized that there were some other adults because I was uh, 23 at the time. And uh, most people who trained were in their teens, early teens even. And all they would talk about was like, what are we allowed to call the practice that we do? If we do flips, it's not this, la, la, la. You remember the <laughs> right, story? Right, right. I don't <laughs> think we have to explain the listeners <laughs> about this. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, all about that. And we didn't... It's not that we didn't care, but we think it was a distraction. And right. we also realized that since we were a little bit older, we, we had an opportunity to, 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 uh, make, to become role models if we were acting. Right. Take good the and and do take the reins and do something with it. So uh, what we thought would be a good idea was to enter a talent show. Mm-hmm. So we did, we went on, we sent in a video and they took us for a casting and they accepted us in the talent show we used the same uh, we kept the material for if we won the first so we created something new uh, and we won the first round Mm -hmm. second round with the material we had and we entered the final and also won that Mm -hmm. and uh, here at gallo finn and uh, one of his uh, people were noticing us and they said why don't you come to gallo and see if this can be taught to to youth uh, because we think it has a huge potential um, so we did, we came here and we did a sports subject, which is one of the second choice subjects you have here. It's not your major. It's mm-hmm. something you do still every week for two months, uh, and then you choose another one. Um, but we went here, uh, and tried. We ha- didn't have any structures to coach at, like, at, like we do now. Uh, we, we used Until the, the yes. climbing on the walls and yes. we have some problems. right? <laughs> so yes exactly and um from there we saw that this had potential so we created street movement to uh, to make a stronger connection with the uh, gallo the old team still exists they are also working uh jimjiu was the name of the old crew that was in that talent show mm-hmm. uh, we created street movement here and uh, basically gallo became our uh, cradle we kind of grew up here with street movement mm. of our coaches that we ever had in street movement have been my students here. Um, So I I think it's fair to say that it started here and it's, this is a really important place for street movement. And then after street movement kind of grew into what it is, uh, we are running separately uh, with Gallo doing a lot of other stuff, but we are still here. uh, Me as a coach and a lot of the other coaches also as a coach. And we work together on different things also together. So that's how we are, where we are now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Parkour is, is obviously first people's idea of it is this wild, outdoor, unhindered, unstructured sort of practice. Mm-hmm. And somehow you managed to get that into, I'm, I'm air quoting the word into, get that into a structured organized school system. That doesn't seem like an easy feat. So can you tell me, uh, how did you even first think that that might actually be possible? And, and how'd you pull it off? It
1: was not easy. It was uh, quite difficult. Um, I mean, the students were happy for all everything we did, but mm-hmm. we were struggling with the idea of this thing where actually the learning comes from training with with each other mm-hmm. not under somebody and when i use that term it's because both me and a lot of the others have been doing martial arts Kaboeira and me kung fu and yeah some of the others capoeira and i did kung fu and there was always uh, masters uh, big brothers yeah, uh, that yeah. would teach teach the you top down yeah. right and um that has it is its benefits but with parkour it was so clear that it was strong that uh, to experience some of the people you trained with were younger than you some were older mm-hmm. but everybody was treating each others um as like a, you deserve to know yeah. my uh, secrets or my ideas behind a move or how i did a, a movement so right. everybody became each other's teachers so a 13 year old boy was often teaching me something that i hadn't thought of
0: because it was so young so um you're in, you're immediately seeing that intrinsic yeah. value in the other person and everybody's yeah. exchanging both ways yeah. so that was difficult for us
1: to to say okay now we are coaches uh, and we are responsible of bringing this group of students at gallo from an introduction to actually understanding it and becoming in a way their own master because that's what it is it is that we are all becoming our own masters and also somebody else's from time to time right um so that that was hard we it's not something we struggled for a long time with because we just always kept it in mind when we created uh, stuff right. for our lessons right. so we thought like how can we uh, give them them an opportunity to discover uh some movements how can we give them an opportunity to to uh, yes. teach each other right. and beco- uh, trust each other that everybody can give and take from each other and and grow together so that that part actually Finn was so happy when he heard that that was one of our struggles because that's what we do here at Gallo. We try to teach with our subjects, right. not in our subjects. So if we can make people grow with the subject and not just teach them conwalt or whatever right. you call it, cat pass. So yeah, it, the movements became less important. Even though we, that's what you would see if you took a video from what we did. Right. The movements were less important. Yeah, and um, still is. Yeah. But how did we do it? Uh, And uh, what, what does the curriculum look like? We don't have one. Mm -hmm. We have a beautiful mind map with ideas that has worked before and some that needs more work to really, really (laughs) be good. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do in in the slippery. (laughs) This wall is (laughs) wild. Exactly. So yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's a, we have some ideas uh, that covers like all the areas that we think should be covered when you train, like for example, these, uh, all these 12 movements, families, mm-hmm. you could call them, we should cover them. All these themes of, um, like yeah, for example, flow like or right, how right. to fall, how to bail. Exactly. It's a big one. And how, what do we learn when we train in the city? Mm-hmm. We, we go often away from Gallo. Um, so what do we learn there uh, when it's, a different uh, like it's it's the real real world you'll say it's the real world and it's real people it's not just a, a teacher colleague that passes by mm-hmm. and says hey what are you doing <laughs> it's maybe an old right. lady that doesn't like that you jump on her bench right that you now have to right. um, interact with her interact with another... negotiate maybe and yeah
0: most of the people who would be listening um are not going to be the director of parkour at you know uh, mm-hmm. an academic mm-hmm. school i mean it's great if they are but my my thought is, is there a way that we can pull something out of the lesson that you've learned in the bigger picture and, and like hand that to our listeners and say, here's something you can think of or takeaway that you can work with from what Martin has learned? Yes, I, th- I think, first of all, if you
1: can take yourself a little bit out of the equation, like don't take yourself too serious. It It's nice that you are, Maybe better than the rest of the people around you, if you are a teacher. And but if you can take yourself a little bit away from that and think about uh, your students as a group uh, of people who have the potential to to move really well. If you if you see them where they are. So if you mm, through the first uh, like getting to know each other, if you can. Mm, even though you love parkour and even though you think that they should love parkour, Mm -hmm. maybe try to see them as where they are and not what you think that they should become. Okay. In that way, it's in that way, it's hard to describe how to do that, but it's something that I, I think if you, if you do that, if you try to look at your, each of your students as somebody who comes from something completely else, they are interested in this, what you do, but you, you should try to, see where they are and try to give them small experiences of success um rather than showing them where they should end up being does that make sense i i think
0: it does it reminds yeah. me of what you said earlier about gerlev's teaching through the subject yeah. as opposed to teaching in the subject yes it's, it's, it sounds to me as if that's the same mm-hmm. um two versions of the same idea mm-hmm. i can say it in another way um if you
1: i'm not saying that you should praise your students for every little like thing you do and say ah that was right. so good that was so good <laughs> because maybe they know that they could do much better right? and this will make them feel like okay oh that was good enough Oh, you know, yeah half that effort, could have effort from now on exactly or as one of the my fellow coaches here in this week just like made me think about is that when you say it, it can also make them feel that they are not uh, they're not that good in a way hmm. because it's like oh that i don't think they are good because right. if that's all I expect of them, then their level is lower than... It than could be. Yeah. Right? So it's, diff- it, it's different. So it's about using questions a lot. It's about creating challenges that are um, not always striving towards the next bigger, 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 but more thinking lateral and finding challenges that will uh, both expose them to uh, some of their weaknesses, but also see that they can do a lot actually with what they already have from previous experiences and that also shows how broad parkour is as a movement art or sport or whatever you say so it's very difficult but I have a climber friend who suggests that you shouldn't climb your hardest climbs at every training that mm-hmm. actually you should do it rarely you should, you should just be curious of many interesting movements on the climbing wall mm-hmm. now in our case in the city or wherever you train yeah. Yeah. find interesting little uh, tricky things that are not bigger 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 but are interesting and g- give you a feeling of accomplishment that is as real as the next big thing but for one thing our physical body cannot take it right <laughs> and also our mind will get tired and fatigued if we keep working towards Almost the big like goals end of a diet
0: you yeah. need to find interesting and novel things. yes
1: and yeah novel is a good word for it that um yeah so you should look for things that gives you this thrill or the joy of finding something that was not connected before maybe it was but for you it was the first time you, you saw it and maybe you even created it because you were put in a class of with other people and asked to, how can you solve this movement riddle mm-hmm. or this movement problem together so you may as a coach when you take yourself and your ambitions out of the equation and think a little bit more like this you may not get the fast results of a group of athletes that can jump really really far okay but you will get like a really solid um, personality a robustness to to them so that they can so they are resilient when they meet uh, the next plateau for example they know yeah, well maybe if I cannot jump because of overuse, then I can do all these yeah, tricky, like fun things that we have done with Julius and Martin and all the other coaches here. Uh, and I think that is quite important. And you asked me to to give uh, like this, uh, something to other coaches right? and I think away, this should right. be. I think it that's should an be excellent takeaway,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: because yeah. it might be counter beneficial if you strive for bigger all the time right. with your students.
0: I say all the time that I'm passionate about sharing stories and I'm absolutely serious. So Martin, is there a story that you would like to share?
1: Yes. Um, So in 2006, we decided now is the time to do the pilgrimage. That being traveling to France, traveling Mm -hmm. to Paris and finding some of the founders because the sport is still, I will say, quite young, Mm -hmm. but it was very young, uh, like 15 years ago. And we, um, well, not quite 15, but yeah, 2006, we decided, let's write an email to managers of the Yamakasi. Mm-hmm. Direct emails that we found on places of the internet that was weird. But we found some uh, emails. We wrote everybody. We would like to come. We would like to experience some training with you. And there was no replies. Crickets. No. And we <laughs> said, okay, what can we do? myspace young (laughs) listeners will not understand what (laughs) myspace is but myspace was before facebook a place where you could display something that you were passionate about yeah it's like facebook before facebook it is is. (laughs) right it was and we we also wrote via myspace (laughs) to all the guys and we we didn't get any replies so we just decided let's go so my my parents uh, let me borrow their auto camper or the mobile home. Right. We, yeah. So we we drove there with some camera gear and thought if we don't meet anybody, maybe we can just get some awesome pictures mm-hmm. that we can use in our uh, PR and so on.
0: Right. And how far is it from here to there?
1: It's like one thousand two hundred kilometers. Right. It's yeah. pretty far. It's, it is. It's a long drive. <laughs> it is. Uh, and we were young, uh, so we were not like used. To planning this so we mm. just went and so
0: <laughs> filled the gas tank everybody yes. pile in the camper road yeah. trip
1: <laughs> and we arrived maybe two in the night so we we did get like four uh, no maybe six hours of sleep before we started looking around <laughs> and um at some point we returned to park du lac uh, uh, which is between Lis and every mm-hmm. Cogron. so we we went back to the park just to hang out and see um and then i realized that it was somebody I could recognize. Right. And, and it was uh, Laurent Pimonsi. Mm-hmm. I didn't know at the time, but I just went over and said, hello, uh, I think I've seen you before in a movie, uh, where you do this thing called, and I think I said parkour. <laughs> Ouch. Um, <laughs> because he's, he said, no, I do do, I did it. Yeah. And I said, ah, I do do plasma. Cause luckily right. I knew what he meant. So, uh, there was a connection and, uh, we met him and, uh, we were allowed to train with him. We asked politely, we were just, we just had to do some, like a little physical challenge first. Right. So <laughs> I said, yeah, well, sure, I'm up for that. Um I did Kung Fu, how hard could it be?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Laurent showed us the stretch of, um yeah, we call it asphalt, uh, what is it? Like a tarmac? Yeah, asphalt, a yeah. catam, right? Yeah. So he showed us the stretch, of a bike path. Mm-hmm. And they uh, said, okay, so you crawl on all fours. No knees can touch uh, the ground and you cannot let go of the ground. You crawl down the hill, you crawl backwards up the hill, and then you do this uh, so the Shah, mm-hmm. uh, monkey, yeah, on the, the floor. Monkey. Yeah, you do that down and then you do it backwards up again. <laughs> After you have done that, no breaks, by the way. Um Then we climb the the light pole 11 times. Right. And the light pole was made out of something even rougher. Uh, like it was stones embedded yeah, in. Yeah, it's the, like concrete. They concrete. Make, it's a lamp. concrete post. <laughs> yeah. But with little sharp stones to make it look nice, I guess.
0: <laughs> so i meant <in> for
1: climbing. <laughs> yeah. So we tried to finish the challenge. I've, I finished the crawling and most of the lamppost climbs. Uh, some of the others didn't because it was a really really tough thing and we haven't we hadn't trained quadrupedi or qm or whatever you call this we hadn't done that before so it was completely new and we it was so tough Mm -hmm. imagine this you hadn't done it before and then (laughs) what you when you tried the first time you do 800 meters Mm -hmm. with no break no break so that was tough uh but that that kind of granted us access to uh, to training with him and he taught me uh my first demi tour mm. like right there after all this hard training and in the end i i had to ask him because it was a little bit annoying that we couldn't get a hold of anybody and i just uh, uh, said like so laurent uh actually we tried to write to you guys uh via email uh, but we didn't get any reply is there a way I can get in contact with you at an, at some point? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, maybe. Uh, but before I I didn't reply because if I reply, I'm not training. Mm. And it was a it was a very heavy training period for him. So he just basically left all emails that were not super important mm-hmm. on one side and just trained. And that's one thing I really admire him for. That he like he is relentless and he 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 doesn't like he when he makes a rule for himself he keeps it and that's why he i guess he's so strong now and he can endure so much nice. training that he still does uh, but it was kind of funny for me that that his really short reply was just if i'm <laughs> replying to emails i'm not training and that's not good <laughs> so yeah
0: martin let's circle back a little bit to gerlev and let's talk about the international gathering specifically and I always love asking people if you had a time machine and you could go back to a previous version of yourself. So like if Martin of 2018 could go back to Martin the first, like the first year that you were really directing the program and you're trying to organize IG, what would you tell yourself that the first Martin? Yeah, I would tell him to maybe not
1: invite three Yamakasis (laughs) uh, for the event, (laughs) um and with all the respect i have for these guys they are a lot of them like real jokers <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's it's fun for a while but when you're a little bit younger and insecure mm-hmm. uh, about how will things go and you have danish people expecting uh, danish timekeeping yes. and uh, so on and so on it it is really hard to have three older guys joking around uh, <laughs> And it's hard to keep them <laughs> to keep them focused in these meetings. So I would, I would tell myself to maybe not invite three of them at a time. And I would tell myself to be patient with them, but also be brave and try to be a, like a shepherd with them and like right. guide them along. Uh, because it was quite stressful at the time when we, <laughs> when we organized this together. Also, because when they coach something that they are really good at, it is using intuition so they were a little bit reluctant to plan too much uh, of the content um, because they knew that they would find because they were so experienced they knew that they would find what they needed for the group so that it didn't make sense to put it too much structure on mm, it mm-hmm. and i also learned from from that that yes make a plan but make room for changes because who you get in your group is
0: pretty Pretty important to what you do with them mm. um, of course yeah and where do you see um, so now what do you think the Martin from 10 years from now is going to send you in a message for 2019 like where where is IG going this coming couple of years
1: yeah um, that's a hard question I think that um, we try to keep some coaches uh, every year you've been here a few times you see that there are some that have been here before mm-hmm. but we also try to get some new ones so this, this uh, flow is pretty important, and that's also what will change what we do. But this year is the first time that we included uh, besides parkour, edit whatever mm-hmm. you call our practice. And we have on uh, also dance at the same time. But this year we have also a, a movement course that is more broad, the research in fighting and throwing and balance and a lot of things. Um, so, After we have evaluated this year, we will see how it can work even better together, these three uh, kind of...
0: Yeah, it's like three parallel tracks. So everybody is um, living in the same place and and sharing meals. And what's particularly neat is when you have multi-track things like that, then you have crossover, like suddenly there's a salsa class that's only open to the people who aren't normally dancing. So you can have these occasional chances to cross over into domains you wouldn't normally have access to.
1: Yeah. So this is, I think, one of the more interesting things that we have now these three parallel things and f- like we are a little bit more than halfway in this gathering now and i see that when we evaluate it i i think i will we'll see that it, it it was a good choice mm-hmm. but there's obviously also some stuff that we can do even better so that it will become even more um like interesting uh, this morning, for example, we did like a small version of the Gallo school meeting, mm-hmm. which on the normal semesters we do. It's the small democracy of the school uh, that we have here. And we we asked, as an example of what goes on at a school meeting, we asked the gathering practitioners here now, or the participants here now, um to help us evaluate uh, what we did last night. And there was a lot of good stuff coming out of that. Uh, so already some ideas are starting mm-hmm. to pop up so but it's it's minor things we take it slow like the, we don't change a lot at the same time because we want to have something that we know
0: works right yeah, and then we can iteratively add. move towards something better when yeah. you see low-hanging fruit that you can change exactly yeah so i think he would say
1: uh the future martin would say good that you took it step by step and kept what was good
0: and changed only a little at the time <laughs> If you haven't been to international gathering, I don't get paid to plug it, but you really should go. And and my first question that I have is, what's up with all the coffee nerds? Like, I'm, yes. like this is awesome. Like the it, coffee is off the chart yeah. in Denmark. Um, but what do you? What is it about that? Like, I think there's more to it than just people loving coffee. In the parkour community in Denmark, there's a lot of coffee
1: nerds, and I think it has to do with like this idea of being really interested in something and then going like all into it. Um, and especially some of the younger guys that were still living at home a few years ago got interested in coffee and thinking, wow, maybe this is a good combo to be a barista and then have a lot mm-hmm. of time to, to do parkour at the same time. Um, and I, I mean, maybe seven of them are working in some of the best coffee places in Copenhagen and Aarhus uh, now. And for a while they said, yeah, I do mainly coffee. And then some edge jumping, <laughs> and and uh, obviously I love a good cup of coffee. And it's slowly spreading that we that the others that are not necessarily baristas, we also have a a, a way so that we can weigh the right, coffee a scale right. scale, so we can. Yeah, weigh when the I coffee. say
0: when I say serious about the coffee, these guys like pour the beans into the hand grinder, measuring mm. to the gram, and then hand grind it with a burr grinder. Mm. <laughs> it's like, yes. That's the level of nerdiness about the coffee.
1: right? And they have protocols of how they think that the small changes that they do affect the taste mm-hmm. and so on. And, I mean, maybe it got a little bit out of hand at some point, <laughs> but I really appreciate that whenever I say, <laughs> can I maybe get a good cup of coffee? I get a really, really good, good cup, cup of, of coffee. Cup. Yes. Instead of just huge amounts of coffee, you get really good coffee. Yes. Yes. So yeah. that's probably also part of it is that, too much of anything is not good for us Mm -hmm. so like if you just limit yourself to maybe i don't know three four cups of coffee a day Mm -hmm. let them be good let them be good
0: Mm -hmm. i'm happy we got to talk about the coffee and and getting nerdy about coffee because it seems that there's a connection back to what you were discussing before so Mm -hmm. you were talking about coaches and people who teach even more informally trying to take themselves out of the picture a little bit and Mm. it it seems like there's a thread that ties back to Mm. being nerdy about coffee and and can you dig in there a little bit more yes
1: so i coach at gallo and i and people live here and and i have a lot of classes with them every week and we even travel together so this is like a very privileged situation we can be nerdy and we can take a lot of time for a subject that other people would have to squeeze into a shorter amount of time in their class because maybe they are in Copenhagen or New York or wherever mm-hmm. and they coach somebody once or twice right. a week for a few hours. Um, and I see why you would then feel a little bit stressed to get a lot of knowledge uh, yeah, and a lot of into fit, that fit that format. Yes, right? exactly. So I know that we are privileged here too, that we can spend so much time together and shape each other um but i i feel like you could still do you could still stress uh stress down you cannot say that in english you, you can, can you can
0: you can lower the stress right?
1: lower the stress and lower your ambitions and take it more uh, calm and also see if you can create uh, places where people forget about their daily lives i mm. think that they often do that but they, if they emphasize that in the training so that they and what i want to say is maybe a little bit um, yeah we have a society where like you have to uh, perform so Mm -hmm. a a performance society uh, we could call it and when people arrive to your class after work or after school they will still be very close to the performance society mindset but if you find some rituals or if you find a way to make a culture or maybe even create a, a, a space that makes people get out of the performance culture and into more of uh, being uh, mindful being in the in the training and Mm -hmm. and, and, and not thinking about like performing because yeah it's easy to to say yeah we train so we don't think about daily life but if you stay still have the same mindset I think you're still missing out on something so if you can create Mm. a learning situation where people are more relaxed yes we should train hard but relaxed in a way that you forget about performing and start thinking about experiencing and being curious and taking your time to learn so that it becomes healthy in a way. I know this is, uh, this maybe deserves a whole uh, different talk, but it's still connecting back to the boys with the coffee, even mm-hmm. like that they are taking the time to be nerdy and not thinking about opening a cafe
0: right you see what i mean this one pour over that we're making because this pour over is all that there is at the moment
1: i'm here i'm timing how long time it takes to pour the water and weighing the coffee and all that and and it deserves that that cup of coffee deserves that your training deserves that you are there and if you are a coach you should create a learning environment that takes away the performance i believe in yeah
0: if I'm using the language right, it sounded perfectly <laughs> fine to me. I <laughs> agree completely. Yes. Yeah. And of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice.
1: Don't lose joy. Okay. So because I'm now a senior in parkour almost, I will say <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting across somebody a little bit older, but I'm 30. <laughs> I'm 38 now and, um, yeah, I'm yeah. not 38. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, When I say don't lose joy, it means you probably felt joy doing parkour. And uh, as I coach a lot, I coach um, many years now and a lot of hours every week. And it's not always as fun Mm -hmm. as it was in the start. And recently I have realized that I need to find other stuff that also gives me joy and gives me a different perspective on what I do. And as you know, I started surfing again. I used to surf a lot, but uh, now for many years I haven't, and I started doing that again. And it gives me really a lot of joy, and it also teaches me some lessons that I think I can use in parkour. So so if you lose joy in parkour, for example, don't quit, but tone it down. Keep doing it, but do something else a lot for a while, and you'll find some things in what you are doing in parkour, for example, that um becomes fresh and new and gives you the joy back Um, so if you're about to lose joy a little bit try adding something else that gives you a joy yeah
0: thank you very much martin it was a pleasure talking to you you too this was episode 24 for more information on this episode go to moversmindset.com slash 24 while you're there please consider supporting this project by becoming an insider thank you for listening